evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 48 of the Town Social. And how nice it is to be joining you after three points away at Watford. Done something that Gaz always enjoys doing on a Saturday. Came from behind for the first time away this season. And to be honest, oh God, I mean, Watford are a bit of a are a bit of a joke sometimes, aren't they? But I tell you what, to come from behind, away from home, first game for Andre Brighton writer. Absolutely brilliant result. And with the results going elsewhere, much, much needed. Dennis Lemeni struck for them to put them 1-0 up after some great work from Espria down the right-hand side, some some questionable defence from, from young Brody Spencer. But to be mm. fair, it's a great finish. And then the, uh, never mind Dennis Lemeni, so it was a return of Alt Pieface, wasn't it? Off the bench, Tom Edwards on 68 minutes. And the fans greeted with understandable uh, admiration and from the uh, from the town fans, and I saw a, a tweet just as it was announced that I want to kill myself, which wins the award for one of the most extreme fan reactions to a sub I've ever seen in my life. But to be fair to the bloke, after that horror show at Leeds, he, he comes up with the assist, and I mean, let's be honest, we've seen more of Ailey's Comet than we have Danny Ward. But the bloke, you know, the one thing you guarantee is that he scores goals against Watford, and a brace for Danny Ward... Two brilliantly taken goals. Great ball in from Nakayama for the first and a bullet header into the bottom corner. And then, say, Tom Edwards was a really good assist across and a really clever clinical finish. The more you see it, the more I admire it, to be fair. And in all honesty, even with going a goal down, to me, I I always thought we're going to get something from the game. And it was really refreshing to see a manager make changes in game, town on the front foot, aggressive, going for it, not giving them time to play, because they do have good players, Watford. They might not be a great team, I would argue, but they do have really good players on the ball, and and we just didn't allow them to play. We got the result. Amazing stuff, guys. How did you you take to it, anyway? How did you think? I I like going to Watford, anyway. I think we enjoyed the... Parked in the town, had a beer, had a bit of something to eat, and then we walked up to the ground. And the atmosphere was good. Uh, obviously, it was pay on the day for town fans, which helps. So I think that helped fill the away, and the away and seemed really full. Actually, I, I, I was more full than I expected. I guess with it being Brighton Wright's first game, there were a few people wanting to see it. But I did. I enjoyed the game, and 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 I, I do wish we could play them every week because we do seem to be able to turn it on against Watford, don't we? Um, I think that when the team was announced. All those amateur managers were questioning what the hell is Hogg doing in that team. Uh, I think most was added down as a 4-3-3. But then, of course, it was a 3-4-1-2, a, a I think it was. I'm not entirely sure because the, the midfield mm. were all over the shop. It, it was uh, it, it was quite effective as well. We we were pressing high. I think that's what enabled, that shape enabled us to do. And, 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 you know, we took a bit of control of the game to start with. You know, Della had a, a really good chance where they had sloppy pass across the middle and he got in and, and there was a massive deflection on his shot, which from where we were stood, it looked like it was going to backspin into the net, but it somehow bounced wide. So, uh, but, you know, I thought, well, that's a good start. And then Della got another chance where he did the did the defender. Coroma had a chance. Uh, Rodoni had a couple and, and into Rodoni style, they were like P rollers. But you know, we were causing them problems, which was really good. And, and I'm with you, Nick, and I'm always impressed by individuals at Watford, but not particularly by them as a team. And and, and you're talking about decisive subs, you have to give Ishmael his, his due. He, he, you know, he 
he proper took two off on. Tw- I, mean, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you were at the game or you saw it, but the number eleven who he substituted after twenty five minutes, he went absolutely bananas and being substituted. This play, he was not happy. Stormed straight off down the. I bet it was in his car five minutes later on his way home. He was that mad. But in fairness, actually, it was quite for for Watford. It turned the tide. They brought on number sixteen, whose name I can't pronounce, and and of course, ex town player Tomins, and they slowly changed the flow in that first half. I thought. And actually, I thought Watford probably finished the stronger. Didn't had a really good chance, which um, a save from Nichols, which actually palmed right back into the middle of the goal, by the way. And if it wasn't for Pierce, I don't know. I thought we thought it was going where we were sort of like it were rocketing into the top corner, but he somehow shinned it wide, didn't he? So, mm-hmm. you, know, I thought, you know, I thought at the end of the first half, they come into the game a bit. Um, and then the second half certainly felt tighter. We'd uh, only had a decent chance, um, but then they scored, and, and I'm with unit. I thought it was a really poor defending. Brody coped really well with a, with that Aspria all afternoon, um, and he, he got he got a bit of space, and he slowed it down. And, and if you watch the replay, Brody got his body across him, and I think I think he thought he was just going to pull the ball away, but you know the bloke was just too good for him. You know, let's be honest, he, that Aspria is real quality, and he got away, and then you know a great first touch and a brilliant finish on it. And then we seemed to go to bits for a little bit. Um, they had two big chances. That big donkey up front headed it wide when he should have scored. Uh, then inside one that he dragged just wide. But but I think then when we brought the subs on, when Ward and Wiles came on, that just seemed to steady us down a little bit. And and I think another thing that's, that you might not have seen if you were watching it on telly was the wider centre-half started to push on a bit. And that was under instruction from Brian Wright. So when we were getting throw-ins in their half, it wasn't the wing-backs taking the throw-ins. You had Uter and you had Pearson coming up to take the throw-ins to try and compress the plane to their half. And that's how Uter got the space. And it was a brilliant ball. And to be honest, you know, he couldn't miss Cuntward. It was a brilliant header, but, he, you know, he would have done all missing. Uh, and then, as you say, he brought on Tom Edwards. I mean, there were some numpties behind me booing when he brought him on, which, I mean... Yeah, like you say, I mean that was <laughs> after his last outing, nobody's gonna be nobody's gonna be roundly applauding him. But but actually, do you know what? I thought he did all right. I thought he showed that side up and and actually the cross for the winner was a real was a real good ball. He just shifted it half a yard and, and put a beautiful little low cross in and Ward's movement for the goal and the flick was was absolutely brilliant. And and I think after that really Watford huffed and puffed, but they never really looked like they were gonna win the game because they're not a team, are they, as you say? Um, but you know the elephant is those those subs. You know, there's not. I don't care what anybody says. There is not a town fan that would have brought Ward and Edwards on in that game at that position. I don't care what anybody says. So you have to be buying right of the due for that, don't you? So, so an happy day, and I enjoyed my uh, journey back up the M1. I had some really nice pasta at the services. So all in all, it was a lovely day. I'm grateful to get that update, guys. That's the, the pleasure that getting dropped off. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see any of it. I've only seen the highlights because I was getting ready to go and see the legend that is Rick Astley at the first director in last night. Uh, and the number of people that are attending Rick Astley concerts on crutches these days is just amazing. Honestly, his, his audience is aging like me. And loads of people wobbling around on crutches. That was uh, probably one of the highlights of it. Um, I, th- I think from what I saw, I'm not. I'm not your tactical guy. I'm not your tactical genius at all. But it just looked like they. They seemed to know what the roles were, and he, he kept it simple, and he just carried on from what Worthy had been doing. And that's, you know, there's been some speculation on social media today that he'd been, he'd already been working with the club. Now I doubt that greatly, but it's great that they've actually talked about 
continuity being something that's important, and then they have got somebody who's continued on with with what the stuff. I think there were there were two ex town players that helped us out. I think good old Ben Amer could he have done better with with Warzetti? He said he you know he, he, he would have struggled to miss, but just what was it, edge of the six yard area, and he's gone back across him. He's got a full hand to it, a bit like Lee Nichols did last week, but still couldn't keep it out. And I still can't work out how he's managed to get that flick in for the second goal because it's sort of coming across him in front of him and he's still managed to get a left foot on it and just divert it in. So it's a, it's a fantastic finish. But Tom helped us out with a couple of misses as well. So there's a little bit of um, tip of the hat to, to Ben Hamer and to Tom Ince as well for their assistance for their old club in uh, helping us walk away with, uh, with the three points. I'm quite amazed at how much difference you could see in the way Town played in just a few days of him being here because he didn't get his visa until, what, was it Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't think he had a full week even of preparation. Mm. But whilst on paper it looks like a, the set were a bit different and I think I think the start was very good and I think Watford were definitely taken by surprise as we were. They, they'll have prepared for us, I think, to play like we did under Worthington and it, they wouldn't have expected us to, to set up the way that we did because seeing that team shit, I think we were all pretty surprised. No Sauber Thomas. I imagine their game plan would have been around stopping Sauber Thomas. Mm. He's not there. And straight away, you're like, oh shit, right? What 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 they're what gonna do now? Yeah. And yeah. And <clears throat> hopefully he's back sooner sooner rather than later because of the performance we've put in on Saturday and without Sauber Thomas, imagine what we can do if he's about. But I just thought that the press was pretty similar um to Worthington. It, it was we were pressing high as quickly as we could. But if Watford kind of they got past that first initial press, you could see everyone suddenly turn around and get back into shape again. And and depending on how fast Watford played, so quite a lot of the times around about the halfway line, they didn't pass through all the midfield. We kind of reset by that point and went again. And that's why for the first 25 minutes, just looked like we were constantly at them all the time. Um, and like it, it's just good structured defence. And, and I have to say, I still thoroughly believe that the, the defensive structure we have and, and how good we are at it is based upon Darren Moore making us play that way for so long. It really is helping us because off the ball, we are still really, really good. Mm. But the biggest difference was on the ball. Now, it was we, we passed a little bit more across the back line than we've done recently. I thought I thought we held possession a little bit more, but it was all about kind of passing to create um, gaps and, and to create movement in Watford's midfield and defence. We never made it easy for them. Whereas they broke our press and we got back and reset. We didn't allow them to do that. We passed around trying to create little spaces, try, create little gaps, making them shift side to side. And that's when we started targeting it. And I thought the first 25 minutes were really good. Again, it's the element of surprise and I wouldn't expect us to play this way again against somebody else and have the same level of success. I think they weren't prepared for it. We took all advantages that we could and then they, they were well. They made a couple of substitutions and from that moment, it changed a little bit. I thought they figured themselves back into that, that half a bit better. Um, once he adjusted it. But I tell you what, I'm just enjoying the open games. Okay, we won and we probably deserve to win over the course of the 90 minutes, but ain't it fucking nice just to see a game where where like we could lose, we could win, but at least we're having a go. Like it's just it's just really nice to see it because for so long we've just not had it. Um I thought Watford again they started better in that set. I thought second half they were much, much better to start off with. I thought the goal, like you say, is totally down to um Spencer. Um he's is far too weak there in two different options. The first one is Watford's adjusted the gameplay, and when you do play wing-backs, one of the ways you can break that down is by by hitting the ball over them and, and hitting that space, and that's where the goal came from, went over his head initially. They had a chance to to, to tackle Esprit, and he just didn't. Um, at amateur, at amateur level, under, 20, under 23s, under 21s, and Scottish football, maybe you get a, a second chance at biting at that. 
and, and you can kind of wait because it's, it's so far out of goal. You don't really think it's a, a goal scoring opportunity, but given that chance again, I'd hope he'd foul him. If he's gonna if he's gonna in, be in that position mm. there, you just take the foul. Mm. You take the foul, let them put a free kick in, and hope your centre backs can can win that header. He didn't. He made a mistake, and we're one 0 down on the back of it. That's the learning curve you have as a as an inexperienced player in, in the championship. That, that's what happens. It's it's nothing against his ability. He'll learn from it and get better because every mistake he's made up until this moment, he has adapted to and got better because of it. But I'm I, I, God, I, I can't agree that you wouldn't have brought Danny Ward. And I don't know why you think. Do you mean Ward and Edwards at the same time, or just Ward on his own? Because still well, for Ward, me, Ward came on first. And Wilds and Wilds came on, and then Edwards came on. But I think Danny Ward, a fit Danny Ward is, is an asset to any championship club. He's just not fit. That, that's the problem with him. He, he's a hassle, man. That the first, His first goal come from him. Is it the first goal that comes from... Yeah, it's, he hustles um, for a throw-in. He wins a throw-in out of nothing. And, and then we, we kind of work it around a little bit there. And I think Spencer gives it to Wiles and goes back to Spencer. Then Nakayama puts in the shallow cross, doesn't he? Mm. But that all came from Ward fighting to win a throw-in that looks like it's nothing. But what a fucking loved about yesterday. Another little change was every time we had a throw-in, we had five men in the box. So we weren't just attacking corners or set pieces. When we had a throw-in in the final third of the field, and uh, Brighton Wright spoke about this in his interview, didn't he? He said he wanted, in one of his press conferences, he wanted five guys in the box, five and six in the box. Every throw-in we had, we had five in the box. And every goal, both goals yesterday, a throw-in played a part of it, not directly. But when you set up from a throw-in and you've got men in the box, when you do get a crossing, these guys there, these guys there that can score and Danny Ward, for me, if we're playing that way, is the best striker and the most effective striker we'll have. I do like him in a two with Delano, so I might be eating my own words here, saying if I want Danny Ward in and I want Delano in, my, my back four that I love is kind of not going to be there. But I just like Danny Ward's hustle when he's on it. And I just I think we tried Key and Harrett a bit doing it and it just didn't really work, did it? And obviously he's not available to us at the moment. I think Radulovic's too lightweight. Um, he didn't even get a sniffing again yesterday, did he? I think did someone mention he was ill a little bit? This, it was, was ill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even still, he's not being used under by, by Worthington either. He just doesn't look ready for that kind of role that Danny Ward offers us. Um but I just that, that throw in it, it ends up with a three on two at the back. It's a quick three, it's a quick throw from a from a position which we shouldn't have really got it. We've crowded him out around the thrower. He's come back to Nakiyama. He's put the ball in. It's a three-on-two at the back post. And it's, it's a great finish. It's a great, great header. It really is. Mm. Um, and Danny Ward, he had a lot to do. He wanted an easy finish, but he just gets in the right place. And, and when, when you just play like that, it's amazing. I, 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 think, I think I'm in love with the way Germans, German managers seem to approach games. They, 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 Sam Hardai spoke about it like years ago in, in regards to if you take the little percentage wins on throw-ins and corners and free kicks, it adds up to an awful lot over the course of a season. And now with the way town are, we are besotted with tens of players that are Premier League fringe quality. They're just not. We have to find different ways of doing it. And I just thought, even yesterday, first game in, Brighton Wright has found a few ways to do it. Um, again, Inns in really had a couple of chances, didn't he, to put, to put the game to bed. He didn't. And then next minute, we found a way to, to sneak a win. I don't know why, but Watford just seemed to fit the way we kind of play football. Something of the same, guys. We spoke about it before. Certain teams are just not matched up well with other teams. And Watford, for whatever reason, whenever we go to Watford, we do well. I don't understand why, because form coming into the season doesn't really matter. Um, but I have to say, one of the biggest positives for me was, like you touched on, guys, was Tom Edwards coming from absolutely nowhere, the laughing stock of this football club for this year. To me, prior to yesterday... More laughing stock than Darren Moore's football. It was his performance against Leeds was horrific, and the likelihood is we're going to go into next week's game against Leeds once more. And these people, including maybe people on here, that would be 
questioning whether Tom Edwards should be in that team to start again. And now that is the miracle of this season already. It's already over. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But yeah, it's just nice again. Sorry, just to see your twenty minutes. When he came on, he actually had a decent twenty minutes. You know, he, it's he had amazing. one or two good tackles in. He was heading the ball, two or three tidy passes, and then of course a, a goal-winning assist. But do you think Belief part of that? Do you think part of that against Leeds was down to Darren Moore and the tactics? Because he's yeah, put him against one of the fastest wingers in the in the championship, and the bloke clearly wasn't fit to play the full game. Was that really? In a four Nick, as well. Like you said, not only did he yeah. do that, he put him in a four. He was in a five yesterday, which gave him a bit more support, I guess. Yeah, he was. He was a bit further forward, and he looked a hell of a lot more comfortable. And he's only playing for a certain amount of time, so I think I. In all seriousness, I did feel a bit sorry for him at Leeds. I mean, it was it was one of the worst performances I've seen, but I think there were some mitigating circumstances. I, I, I think I don't think he should have been picked in the first place for that role, and I don't think the formation was right at all against Leeds. So, I, as bad as it looked, I don't lay all the blame at his door for that. So, I, and I was really pleased to see him come on because I, I I thought I didn't think he'd ever I'd ever see him at Town again. To be honest, I forgot he was here. I forgot he was here until I saw his name come up on the bench. I'm like, oh, bloody hell, yeah. He's, he's, and then um, it, it was great to see him come on and make such a positive impact. And I, I just think Watford, they're just a perfect side to, to play against if, you, if you're wanting a win away from home. Because, like I said, they've, they've got really good players. But as a team, they just never seem to... They, although they're always mid-table, they're never bad enough to be near the bottom. But they just never seem to gel as a team. It just seems in disarray, that club. And I've seen talk of Ishmael potentially been sacked coming mm. up on talk sport and I mean it's not surprising because they do it all the time don't they but it's just it's just so unstable there and I I feel a bit sorry for the Watford fans if I'm being honest because they must just be tearing their hair out and you could you could tell with all with the booze and the reaction I mean it were it was pretty bad wasn't it it was pretty bad atmosphere and it's it, perfect for us it was so perfect for us and it, it was so important to go and get the three points because look at the other results as well Wednesday winning, QPR coming back from behind to win. You know, Millwall getting a win down at Southampton. I mean, who, who would have predicted that? It's just it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? It's crazy. Buster, if ever I saw one. Yeah. And but this is what you get in the. This is why we love the championship, isn't it? Because every week there's a weird, there's a weird result from somewhere. Hopefully, ours will be next on Saturday against Leeds. Hopefully, we'll do the the Millwall. We'll see, but. Yeah, I, it was just it, it. It was great. It was and like you say, it's, it's you just want to see us have a go. Draws aren't good enough for us at this stage. Not with the other clubs around us winning. We, we need wins, and it's better to go for it and get a couple of defeats and a couple of wins than get you know three draws. It's it, we we need wins at this stage of the season. I liked how fluid it was. I liked the press. I liked the energy. I do worry. The more we press, the more energy we use. We've got a game, you know, we're coming into a spell where we've got Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. We've got a lot of games in quick succession. And I do worry a little bit with injuries and fatigue setting in. But if we can put in this performance and get a result without Helic, Bolker, Thomas, mm. it only bodes well, doesn't it? I think already, Nick, Nick, I think you can already see the pragmatism in Brighton Wright's approach in that yesterday the system was fit for the personnel we had and it worked. And the in-game adjustments, Edwards and Danny Wards won us the game. 
And now that tells you more. We can talk about it all you want, but the proof's in the result in that they came, he made those adjustments at 1-0 and we've walked away 2-1 winners. I think we were much better yesterday compared to the whole game last week, like you say, because we had a shorter turnaround then. Did we play the Wednesday night against Sunderland and then then Hull on the weekend? That yeah. was it. it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't press like that. It was naive actually to, to expect to be able to press like we did on, on the third game in a week. But you've had a week's rest here now. And yesterday we finished quicker. We finished faster than Watford do. And I think going into the Leeds game, we can probably do it again. But like you say, Nick, when when we get into the, that point of the season where, again, then like you say, we've got Cardiff on the Wednesday night coming up shortly. And th then you've got to readjust. And now, to be honest, under Darren Moore, I didn't think he had the tactical ability to do that. Worthington is an inexperienced manager. I'm not entirely sure he does either. And to be fair, he didn't show it at Southampton. He went at him, didn't he? And even in um, when we got back into the game and ahead, I thought when we spoke about it before, we should have adjusted then. He didn't. Brighton Wright has been in for one game made some adjustments, like Neil Warnock used to do, by the way, in the second half, and win that game. And I have full faith in him being able to do that. And, and it's really important that he does, because like you say, our form now, I think we've won three, lost two in the last five. Yeah, we're still only two points off relegation zone. And I think we started off more than that at the beginning of those five games. I don't yeah. actually know how you can take nine points from 15 and be closer to the relegation zone than you were at the beginning of it. But this division is a tough division. And it, it's it's... Cliche again saying you've got, is it 12 games left? Is that what we've got now? Or is it a little bit more? Yeah, 12 games. Oh, Say so they're all cup finals. They're not all, it's, it's pretty, this kind of feels like that, doesn't it? When everyone else is winning around you, the, you can't look and say, well, Millwall are at Southampton this weekend. That's a, a fair, it's a freebie then. Let's just go to Watford and take a draw. Would, if, we'd, if we wouldn't have won, we'd have been outside the relegation zone on points by just one goal no, by one goal point, we out of it. goal difference we were out we were outside by goal difference at one point that's that how tight it is five or ten minutes actually is that, that's how tight it is but when your manager can make mm. adjustments like we've seen in one game you can't you can't have more hope than that and but it is going to be really important that he gets that balance right because there's no way we can press like we did even yesterday there's no way you can do that saturday wednesday saturday it just you, you will have you will burn out at some point unless you rotate the squad does he think we've got it? If he can get a, a, a bit of a whisper out of Tom Edwards like he did yesterday, maybe he can. Maybe he can find ways of doing it. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see how we go week in, week out, or game in, game out, because I don't think it's going to be the same thing all the time. I don't think it can be based on the squad that we've got. I, no, I think you're right. And I think, um, I don't know if you saw the Yorkshire Post, but I read the Yorkshire Post piece on, on Brighton Writer on Saturday morning before I went to the game. And he was saying, you know, he was saying that he'd actually had a, he'd you know, seen plenty, watched plenty, but he actually had a sit-down discussion with Jonathan Hogg to talk about what suits the team and what suits the players. So, you know, this is a guy that's actually willing to take feedback and and and, and I guess that's probably why your point, Ian, that it wasn't massively dissimilar from, from Worthy's departure because, you know, if you're Jonathan Hogg, you go, well, just watch the last three or four games. That That's what works with this squad and with these players. And, and, and I think, the, the challenge I'm with you the challenge by the way can I just I just want to call out Tom Lees I thought I had an absolutely immense game yesterday he was after having a bit of a nightmare against all I thought he had a really poor game against all he was he was back to his best yesterday he swept up behind Pearson and and Nakayama you know and they tried to play quick and in behind us a few times but he was always in the right place just to clear it up or, or tidy it up I thought he had a great game um, but we have got a lot of bodies to come back. And, and you know, I think when we spoke before about Worthy, he had a little bit of luck in some of the injuries. Suddenly people were fit when they weren't before. And I can just, I, we've just got to try and nurse these people through, haven't we? You know, we've got Balka's injured again. I mean, you know, that that's a bit of a worry for me. That bloke's only played two games and then he's out again. Hog, he looked like his hip when he went off. 
which of course is where he has his long-term injury. So I'm not sure we're going to see Hogg uh, on uh, on Saturday. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him at all. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think it, going back to what you said, Andy, about keeping it simple, the Germans tend to, you know, I have a bit of involvement with some Germans at work and they do tend to be very direct, very straightforward mm. and very clear in what it is they expect and what they want. So it's no surprise if Brighton Wright works in a similar way. So people like Tom Edwards, this is what I want you to do. Don't deviate, stick to that task and we'll be absolutely fine. And I think that's what he did. Get your comments in, guys. We've got good numbers listening tonight. So just get if you're um, YouTube, listen on YouTube or Twitter, get your comments in and we'll read them out and we'll discuss. If you've got any questions you want answering or any topics you want us to discuss, then put them on and we'll uh, we'll we'll put it up there and we'll have a chat about it. I've I've just remembered as well. I've been one of the worst hosts in the world. I forgot to actually introduce the panel, which is for the first time ever. I was obviously just the, the winds obviously just mangled. I think I'm getting dizzy because we're the highest we've been in the table for since year dot at 19. So um, with me tonight, Andy K, Ian Kilroy, and Gas K for you guys for, that's just joined us. So as always brilliant to see so many people listening, and thank you very much for your support. And yeah, do get your comments in. What do we make of Andre Brighton right then? As a because we've had it, we've had his um, we, we have the club interview, we had the press conference. I personally thought he came across really well. We're comparing it to Darren Moore's, so obviously the bar was. I mean, the, the it, it wasn't particularly high, was it, in terms of charisma and, and entertainment? However, I really liked his honesty and the simplicity of the way that he answered the questions. He didn't waffle. It was to the point. It looks like a guy that knows what he's doing, as, as simply as I can put it. I, I felt reassured listening to him. I felt mm. like this is a guy that's been there, done it. He knows what he's doing. And it was very much, look, we've got to stay up first. We will stay up. Not all oh, it's going to be, we will stay up. And then we're going to start building and I want to try and get into the Prem in a few years. And I liked it. I like the confidence in the guy. He's got the experience. I think he's going to command the respect to the players. It looks like some of the key players in the squad are buying into him already. And he's got that early respect. Which is, And the win's obviously really going to help as well. You, you get off to a winning start. It helps to get your ideas across and, and for people to buy in. But I, I was... I mean, I'm not sure why Cartwright was at that... Um, press conference to be honest because he didn't really say that much it was like a bouncer next to I don't know what, what he thought he was going to say he was there for some sort of moral support or to make sure he didn't say something daft but again I, I thought he answered all the questions really well and I get sometimes you just get a certain feeling and Darren Moore has a bit meh and some of the other managers have been a bit well yeah but, but this guy Similar to when Wagner came in, there's that excitement there, but there's also that, yeah, actually, I think this guy could be a real long-term success with us. I think and I like the, he's very experienced, and he? he what is he, 50 years old, and, and he's got, what, 12, 13 years worth of experience, and he communicated very well in a second language, which was key for me. A couple of things that I liked from, from it was the, he was asked whether or not it was a risk for him to come over, and he was almost startled by the fact that anybody would think that would be a risk because he was so confident in what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And he saw it as a potential opportunity, a potential stepping stone to other 
Well, you know, does, does a good job here. Might not get us into the Premier League, but you never know. You know, um, a Premier League club might come calling, and I think that's the a lot of German managers want that. And then just the background work they talked about that he'd done prior to going into one of his interviews. So he was talking about how he was going to use the players. He'd watched a lot of games. He's a very much a detailed guy, but not to the. I got the feeling that Corbran was very much a detailed guy, but almost an overload. It seems that he's he's very good at working out what his audience needs and giving it them. And so that that's I think that's what you get when you when you get a, a guy like that who who's been there, seen it, done it. You, you're going to get a lot of good stuff like that. And I, you know, I was really impressed by him. Nice, um, just seemed level-headed. Just like knew what was expected of him. He, he wasn't faced by. I mean, Oggy's first question was. Oh, it felt like a deliberately antagonistic, wasn't it? Why are you here? Well, I'm here to manage the Town Football Club, and this is how I'm going to do it. And he wasn't, he wasn't thrown by it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've really liked him. Yeah, top lot. But you're right, Andy. I mean, he has he's he's managed at the top level in in Germany. So I can imagine when he goes to press conferences as the manager of Schalke or Hanover '96, there's slightly more people in the room than Catherine. From Radio Leeds and Chris Dobbs from ITV. Do you know what I mean? I've, so I think, I think you know, no disrespect to either of them, but my, you know, my point is, he's used to being in a in a in a proper press conference that'll be in a, almost in like a theatre style with fifty or sixty mm. people in. So, so you know, I think I don't think that was an issue for. Him. I think he's previously dealt with that kind of pressure and expectation. He's operated at a high level in Germany. You know, he, he was at Schalke, and a fair few people have been through Schalke over the years as well. So. You know, he, he is a top-level manager, as I think we said last week, seven out of 12 years in the Bundesliga. But we tried to watch him a bit on the touchline on, on Saturday. And, and actually, he was he was, he was was animated at times when he needed to be animated. He was animated, but he wasn't Carlos directing traffic animated, because that's my favourite Carlos. He shouts at somebody and points, and they're just like, I have no idea what you're pointing at, mate. You know, <laughs> he was animated when he was, and when the players came to the touchline, he made a point of speaking to individuals and, and looking like he was trying to explain specific things to specific people rather than talking in generalities, which I, I, I quite liked. Um, you know, the bench absolutely exploded on the second goal, which was is always great to see in it because that's a that's a good sign of, of, of um, a team that's all together. You know, and he, and he came and he came right to the crowd after the game. You know, and I think if you watch the video of him celebrating with the players, I copped him. We copped him from the stand with Danny Ward. He clearly, I don't know exactly what was said, but he was clearly on the lines of either "I told you" or the way he reacted to him was almost like "You did it" sort of thing. So, mm. so yeah, I've, I've been I've been really impressed with him so far. And and I'm with you. And it's always difficult to communicate in a a second language and that why you know it was part of Carlos's problem sometimes that he couldn't really express his emotions you know it, you know in, in Spanish he'd have been fine but no I'm I'm everything I've seen about this book is 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 making me more and more excited about what the future holds he's got to keep us in this division we know that uh, and after yesterday I think there's enough in the tank to do that it's going to be a challenge it's going to be a struggle but I do think we've enough to do that and then you know, I think next year, once he gets the chance to bring a small, you know, handful in of his own players and set up how he likes to play, then I, you know, I think it could be really exciting. I fell in with, I absolutely fell in love with him. Not in the first interview that he had with DTS, which was the town when town put out that presser, and it's like DTS holding his hand a little bit, saying, "I'm asking him the questions that are going to guarantee a nice, positive answer," and he got through that really nicely, and that's fine. 
Well, that's very different, isn't it? Then when you've got day after, and okay, we don't have that many media guys that interested in us, but you're still going to get Oge asking really arsey questions. I loved it, and it's not nasty, but like you say, to the point, just a little bit of an edge to it, just a bit of, how are you going to run with this one, Andre? What are you going to do with mm. it? And honestly, I, I absolutely fell in love with him. He, what, what, my worry with him was this, is that on paper, we've never had a manager that's come in with as good a CV as him in modern history. Again, I'm not entirely sure what happened in the 50s and 60s. I'm not going to say ever because someone will throw something at me saying, hello, you're talking shit again. But on paper, as of today, he's, he's succeeded in so many different countries, in, in different situations as well. He's gone to Schalke, took him to fifth in the league. He had a bit of a disagreement with the new football director that came in and what a Champions League football. But after that, Schalke have dropped like a stone. So you overachieved there. when it, At the time he was there, he did really, really well. It just didn't kind of work out. Like you say, did it, is it Hanover he took up um, after he came back in as like a... a Simon Grayson we had in to do it, didn't we, from in League mm. One after Lee Clark, that kind of thing. He took him up, great. Might not have worked afterwards, but achieved what he set out to do initially. Zurich hadn't won it for nine years, ten seasons or something, but when he went there and he beat David Wagner's young boys to win the title there, he, he succeeded in every job he's been in. Okay, Hoffenheim didn't work last time, but his, see, his track record is bloody good. And now my worry was, like Augie saying, why are you here? I kind of had that same kind of, why is he here? But to me, he answered the questions, yes, right? I'm sure financial repayment and, and what he's what he's getting from the club is a big part of it, absolutely. But he's turned down jobs. He's turned down jobs recently, which tells you, or tells me, he's been looking at the right job. And he must think there's enough at town to come here and for him to be able to do well. And when he overachieves, he overachieves very well, like at Paderborn. And I think we're a kind of similar club to that in the size of us and um, reputation in, in England compared to them in Germany. And, and he did really well there. So for me, he's a guy that can spot opportunity. And he's done it not once, but twice, three times in different divisions in different countries, right? So he's looking at us thinking, yeah, do you know what? They're a goer. And for me, that's got me more excited than anything he could have said. Anything um, I've even seen on, on Saturday that he thinks we've got potential to do better than we're doing because he's a guy that's in professional football and knows it and has proven it time and time and time again. Now, he also said he wanted to do really well in the motherland and that, that sat pretty well. Um, the fact that he'd, he'd spent time with David Wagner in Huddersfield before, uh, only for a, a one night with Wagner in Huddersfield. It sounds like a bit of a dirty, dirty documentary, <laughs> that one. But, but but at least you know what he's getting into, right? You know what he's getting into. You know he's involved and, and he knows people that knows the club. And straight away, first press conference, it comes across like it's a Dean Oil appointment straight away. And, and it just feels right. And now even if we'd have lost on Saturday I, uh, against Watford, I don't think it has actually mattered too much. Okay, more pressure and... We don't want that. It's a tough division. We want to stay in this division. But regardless of what have happened, I think that the feeling around the club is just totally different to where we were, even under even under Worthy, because, yeah, that picked us straight back up after Darren Moore. But, you know, it wasn't a, a, a static thing that was going to be like that forever. We were going to make that next appointment. And we were all kind of waiting for it to be a little bit deflated when you're hearing of Duff and whatnot. And you know that the fans are going to fight with each other a little bit. It's just not that, is it? I don't think any of us could have expected the appointment that we got the performance he put in on his press conference that got me excited. And I don't get excited very easy. I'm I'm pessimistic. I'm thinking he's coming for the money. He's coming for the money. And then the first thing he said, like you say, he just appears really humble. He knows what his field. He thinks he's got opportunity here. He's, he's, he's here to do well. And what another little thing he said, he said about, um, he criticised Worthington's approach a tiny little bit underneath it all when he's saying we can't press for 90 minutes. And that was a direct thing to me in regards to, why it failed against Southampton and a couple of other points in his in his four game tenure, and just that just that nuisance, just that knowledge to be able to pick that out before he's even got here, says more than 
more than anything you could put out in a fucking press statement. I absolutely fell in love with him on it on his on it. And I'll give him so I'll give him at least three more games of defeats before I get straight on his back, probably more than I would to anybody else. And yeah, okay, as a football coach, you're right. That as Darren Moore's found out, five and a half year contract, he's three games in, three defeats in at Port Vale, and it's already got pretty horrible. Um but I just don't think you could ask for a better start than what we've got from Brighton Mitre. And and the win on Saturday is just just a cherry on top, really. Takes all the pressure off getting that win early as well, doesn't it? Especially when you've got such a difficult game against um Leeds uh with with asterisks. Let's let's go on to Kev's tweet then, because um Kevo tweeted after the game quite rightly to say how proud he was of Andre and the lads. For sticking with it, huge away win, etc., etc., and then uh, it's put now on to next week in a huge match versus Leeds with Asterixes and and has has blown up the uh, has wound up the uh, the old Leeds fans on there. I mean, it's it's great, really. It's great pantomime. I love I love it. I love I love that Kev's so active on social media and him and uh, <laughs> him and Carmichael Dave. I j- I just love the interaction and I love the fact that they winded up Leeds fans so much. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's like have you seen the call have you seen the non-league clip on Twitter this week where there's a guy and it's a little like a documentary footage where he's taking a corner and he's got it outside the D and you can see yeah, the fans yeah. going so fucking vitriolic, shouting so much abuse at him. And in the reality, the big scheme of things, a ball being at a centimetre outside the D for a corner is so unimportant, but getting him to bite is everything. And as soon as it happens, you know you beat him. And honestly, we've got a psychological advantage going into the game against Leeds on the back of our chairman, just winding them all up and Dave Carmichael giving it big and at back going, oh, look at these idiots. They're rattled, they're rattled. They're <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And what town are really building, though, it looks like it's a throwaway thing. It's not a throwaway thing that they're doing. They're building a us versus them culture. And they might not be doing it as directors, but that's what that's what it is. It's, it's, we're all united, uni- unified again, where town fans and we've got something to be proud of and we're going to Leeds next week and even owners saying yeah we want to do them not just because it's another game not this usual oh it's just another game it's just another game no one's thinking like that anymore all of a sudden it's nice nah, Leeds we need to go and do them we need to go and put a good shift in and it just gets people excited doesn't it it's breaking every game down it's an American thing again really it's a bit nfl where every game's really important they make every single one an event and it brings a, a kind of extra excitement and just the chairman doing that and and Brighton Wright are talking about it oh my, I'm I'm I can't wait. I already can't wait. And again, if we'd have lost Saturday, I'd have still felt the same. But the fact that every time we win, Kevin whaps it out as if he's, hey, look at us, man. We're amazing. Look at this documents. Look how wonderful we are there. Now we're stuffing Leeds next week. And then we'll lose and it'll go dead quiet for another couple of weeks and we won't talk about it. But you know what? When you win, yeah, shove it down people's faces. Because to be fair, as town fans, we don't win enough, do we? We've not had this opportunity for so long that we've got a bit of a bit of positivity that's lasted more than a day. And um, I'll tell you what, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. They're proper biting, aren't they? That, that's the funniest thing. Because they were like on it in seconds, weren't they, Leeds Leeds fans? And the worst thing is, so that must mean they must follow Kevin Nagel on Twitter, right? Because even if they were searching yeah. Leeds or the Leeds yeah. hashtag, it wouldn't have come up, would it? So they're clearly following him. So, I mean, like proper rent-free for a start. And it is a no-lose, really, because if we lose, well, what did you expect? You're unbeaten in nine, you're top of the league. I should not be fucking beating us. So it's a no-lose. It's proper genius. And I'm with you. The Kevin thing was funny, but the Carmichael Dave one, you know, it's, it's all kicking off at Bell End Road, which is <laughs> set them off again, did it? You know, and they're going, why? Well, it's ridiculous. A grown man won't spell the word Leeds. He's using asterisks. I know it. 
this is a fan base who can't bring themselves to wait, say the words Man United. They, can't, they won't type it, they won't write it, they won't say it. So you're like, you want to, I might want to have a look at yourself, old pal. But yeah, it, it's it's proper funny. We haven't, had it, we haven't had anything like this in ages, have we? So I'm yeah, we you. won't be on Twitter next week, though, guys, will we? If we're getting battered at two o'clock Saturday I afternoon, that. I won't be on Twitter. I still expect us to get done. I, can, I cannot see a scenario where they don't come next week and win. I can't. But what they will, what they will do is the proper, the proper rattled out there, and it doesn't matter, does it? They're getting promoted to the Premier League, so what does it matter? You might as well have a go on the way. As they're disappearing off into the distance, you might as well, aren't you? I don't Just know. a proper cheap That's shot. Like... Proper cheap shot. You say that, Gaz, but Ipswich, same points. You know, it only takes a bit of the stumble this stage of season. They've still got Southampton behind them. It's, it's not cut and dry yet. It's not sewn up yet. And uh, we know what leads are like around Easter for uh, Kevin, don't we? They were you never, you never they know. appointed Farker. They were promoted. A brilliant appointment. Brilliant manager. They're, they're going up. They are. You're probably right, but I'll piss myself if they don't. I mean, I, I love that they showed <laughs> against Leicester. All this I predict a riot and sing uh, what an atmosphere at Ellen Road, absolutely bouncing. Well, I, I it was silent it. for 80 minutes. We should have been mm. three down, shouldn't they? Before they scored oh, the right. first goal, they should have been three down. And it was there wasn't a whisper. All you could hear were Leicester fans. Absolute nonsense. It's it's easy to have an atmosphere when you score three goals against a promotion rival, and oh, it's just ridiculous, but We'll be playing I predict a riot when we win on Saturday to, to finish the game off, I'm sure. That would be nice just to, to see them away. But it's exciting, lads. And, I mean, it's a big game for, for lots of reasons. The, the thing is, with that win against Watford, it gives, I say it gives us some leeway. I mean, we're, we're two points above... We're still two points above relegation. And having said that, there's only a few points to 15. So what it has done has dragged other teams into the mire, into the fight and... It's so hard. This is why we love the championship because it's so tight down there, isn't it? It's so hard to predict. And I, I think we'll be all right personally because I look at us, there's unity there. We've got good players and we're, we're working well as a team. And you look at your teams like, I mean, Millwall picked up a good result, but they, they've been terrible to recently. Blackburn dropping like a stone. Terrible. Stoke, disarray. There are teams a lot worse than us. And you know what? Even if we lose to Leeds, which really on paper we should do we've still got other winnable games on the horizon and like you say I, I agree guys I think the pressure's all on Leeds isn't it on Saturday there's not really any pressure on us at all and I'm just loving the fact that there's a lot of parallels isn't there with with the Wagner era we've got the chairman that communicates with the fans with the Q&As and putting his money where his mouth is we've got the the, the Sean Jarvis, the Carmichael Dave, also chipping in with the communication and that sort of link between the fans. We've got the German manager, progressive, no limits, and you're just hoping that we can go the same way and we can push on up. But I think it's really encouraging for if we do manage to get there, stay up for the pre-season because this bloke wouldn't have come if he ain't going to be backed financially in the window, that's for sure. So, And I'd be really interested to see who he brings in. But I think looking at Saturday, there's no pressure whatsoever. I think we're just going without fear and take the game to them. And if we lose 4-0, we lose 4-0. But I, I still think we'll be more than fine. And I, I think we'll give Leeds a game. I, I really do. I don't think it'll be as easy as what... They, they might turn up with a bit of a false sense of security and cut playing to our hands. It might be a little bit sloppy thinking that the game's already won because we've seen that before. 
the, the thing for me is they've got their place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, they've got a game Wednesday night, haven't they? Sorry, Dick. they've got a game Wednesday night, haven't they, against Chelsea in the FA Cup? Yeah. So, yeah. The, and then it's a quick turnaround to travel back from London. So that might play into our hands. I mean, it shouldn't do. These guys are professional athletes, aren't they? And they've dropped down from the Premier League. You think you've got Premier League levels of fitness? I've just looked at the odds, and we're six to one. To, to win in a home game and leads a, a one to two on. That's crazy, so, that. That's, that's ridiculous. Crazy odds. In a derby crazy. game, that's mental odds. Get yeah. your money on that. Yeah. Might as well put your money on for that. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I think I think the the game plan has to be on Saturday, right? Leeds are coming expecting to batter us. And now you've rattled them, fan base are rattled, they're wanting to batter us and all. You just frustrate them. You frustrate them for as long as possible. And now you can't deep, right? You can deep block. You can't do that. But I think you've got to press high, but then then sitting a little bit deeper than we have the last couple of games because you really just want to get their fans on their back because they're chasing promotion. They need the win. And I'm with guys. I think they're going to canter to it. I think they've got that pace where good teams kind of... Man, Man United under Alex Ferguson used to get it after Christmas every year. They'd kind of be figuring stuff out. They'd get to Christmas and then it'd be a roller coaster. You just know that they'd be steamrolling to the title and you just nothing could stop them. Once they get their heads up and the belief there, it's really hard to stop a football team. And to me, Leeds have that, even more than really less to do at the moment. I, th- I think, obviously, you see the same after the, after the game this weekend, but even before that, I think Leeds have the form team. They seem to play the football that no one else can stop. And I'd be very surprised if, out of anyone in this division, they're the ones that didn't go up. I really do think they'll, they'll take it, no problem. But like you say, it's a derby and they'll be more nervous than usual because it is a derby. I just think you've got to frustrate them as long as possible. And But I'll be, play, I, I'll be picking a team to be fast on the break because of it. I'll be back to my Sober Thomas, Karoma and, and um, Bergzog as a front three. Um, and then Danny Ward as an option later on, maybe. But I'll be going for pace and just trying to hit him on the counter-attack. And I know it sounds a little bit ridiculous going back to how we've played previously in this season. But I think against teams like this, it, it's, it's not a regular game. Because like, like you said, I think Southampton, Leicester and Leeds are are that much better than everybody else. I know Ipswich are up there, but when we played them at home, I didn't think they were that great. I thought we should have won that game until we were either forced into those substitutions or Darren Moore did his amazing tactical substitutions and it, it cost us that game. But I think those three teams are, are that that good that you do have to adjust for them. The rest of the teams in the division, I don't think there's that much between them. I think it's a pretty pretty close thing, apart from Rotherham, who are one of the worst sides in championship history, I think. Um but you've got to just frustrate them as long as possible because their fans will not like it if you can frustrate them in that. They'll be impatient. So you've just got to hold on to it and, and see what we can do. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how Brighton Wright sets up for this one because I don't think any of us could guess it. We couldn't guess what happened on Saturday and there's no idea. we've got no idea what's coming up this week. But like you say, Andy, them playing midweek will help us. But that's why it frustrated me even more. I'd give them possession, let them pass around, just, just, just let them tire themselves out a little bit and see what you can do then in that second half because you know it's, it's it's one of those games where I know it's strange that you don't want to get an early lead and then then you sit deep and then they come at you all game I don't really want that either I think you just want to frustrate them frustrate them and then see what you can do later on but I'm I'm I don't think I've looked forward to a game in, in a long time as I'm looking forward to Leeds this this Saturday the, Leicester had a lot of joy by by pressing him fairly high the lad the lad who who plays a Wales with a bad air I can't remember his name now number six for them uh, yeah, he and played centre half against yeah. Leicester instead of centre midfield, and they they actually they, they did struggle when when they got pressed. That Kamara, you know, I, I think he's an average player in a, in a decent team. So I, I honestly, I think we press him press him high and press him in the centre mid, and then as you say, and try and hit him with with pace on the break. I think we could cause some problems because Leicester should have been out of sight before Leeds scored their first goal. Leicester should have been out of sight. 
I love the fact Mark's put L asterisk asterisk D F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, nice work. He's right, and they are susceptible to the poor result leads. I think did they draw with Rotherham as well early in the season. They're not, they're not, they're not unbeatable. I think the game's going to be won and lost down the flanks. To be honest, you've got Somerville mm-hmm. one side, you've got Nonto, and you've got James to come on to replace him, and that's going to be the issue. You've got Brody Spence, who's quite, although he's been brilliant, he's quite inexperienced still. Who do we play at right back, Pearson? Just try and snap some of them into early in game and see and see what happens. I think, it, I think if Ogg's fit, he'll go with Kasuma at right wing back again, which, which think, was really yeah. effective against Watford. He's he's always impressed me at right back, Kasuma. Every time I've seen him play, because I like I like his energy down there. He's, he's to me, he's not. He's rarely had a bad game at right back. I think that's it. If you go with Spencer, I'd go Spencer Kasumu. If you go with Spencer and Kasumu as your fast wing backs in a back five against Leeds, I, I think that'll take away not all of the advantages of, of Somerville and, and what they've got pace wise, but I think it's a lot different than we, when we have Edwards there last time. I think that's that's kind of the way to go. And but then they like, say with your centre backs, who do you go with? Because we're likely to get a couple of them back. I don't think we'll have to play Nakayama, you uh, about there. But w- what would you do? Would you? Would you, is Helic going to be back? I know he took a pretty hefty knock, but if he's, you can't not play him if he's available because he's a goal scoring threat. I think Pearson's a guy that you want in a derby, isn't he? If you're going to play those kind of games where you want all your guys to win the one on one battles, Pearson has to be in that starting 11. So it's a fine balance between countering their their pace out wide, but making sure you've got your match winners and, and your, your, your guys you know you're going to put, like Johnny Og. I, I do, I know we're going to question whether he's going to be fit or not, but. He's the guy that I'd, I wouldn't have in most games at the moment because I don't think... I know it's, there was an article this week about how saying somebody's legs have gone is the worst thing you can say about somebody now when it comes to, to football, and it, and it is. But he's definitely on the downturn of his of his fitness and his energy when he's, and, his, and his ability to dictate games. Um, but you want him in this game, don't you? You'd have Johnny Ogg starting for, for sure because he's, you just want to drag the team through it. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see who's, see who's available. And I, honestly, I, I don't know who I'd play at the back. I've got no idea. I've got absolutely no idea, but I suppose you'd have to target set pieces, wouldn't you, in this one? You'd have to be looking at, again, working your throwings with men in the box. So you'd want Pearson and Helic playing if they're both fit because they do offer goal threats that nobody else in the entire team does, bad Danny Ward and Bergzog. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be it's going to be a, a bit of a lottery. Well, I think we're back to guess who's playing because anything could happen. That's why I kind of thought Pearson at right up just because I think you've got to play, to me, you've got to play Lees as well for his for his experience, haven't you, really? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. It's nice to have the options. But, I, yeah, I, I think I you've got to have back in. I, I want Balker back in. And I think that's one of the things that um, I think Brighton Wright will do. I think he'll make those tough calls. So I think he will leave a player out because he's talked about picking teams specifically for particular games. So where's their threat wide? So you've got to try and match the pace wide. I mean, they've, they've got threats all over the place. Haven't they? They're, it pains me to say, a really, really, really good team. Um, so I think he might specifically go with, I think we need pace. So I'm not sure how quick Balker is, but I think he's quicker than Lees and yeah, Pearson. Right. Um, Helic just can cover the, the, the pitch in two strides, can't he? Because he's that tall and that... Um, when he's in form, so but Balker and Helic, and then who else? I'd probably go Pearson, just from what you guys have said for that 
if he crunches somebody in the first five minutes that and he and he looks at the crowd, everybody will be on. That's, that's a big thing, and you know that's the, one of the advantages. I mean, the, the chances are there'll probably be a, a lot of Leeds fans in the home end. I would imagine based on on previous experiences of of, of this game, but we should have twenty two thousand or so supporting our team, you know, and that could be a big difference because it's probably probably the only advantage that we've got on the day um, is to have somebody who can get the crowd going. And with it being Brighton Wright's first game at home as well, you'd hope there'd be a little bit of um, pomp and ceremony about that and get, and get people fired up for that. But yeah, I think we've got a, we're not as good a, a footballing team as them. So we've got to go with the advantages that we have got, which will be the hopefully the crowd and hopefully just this, 11 versus 11, and, and we're going to have to bully him. So, Tom, so Thomas talked about, oh, was it the, the team that we bullied at, um, oh, was it Chef Wednesday? Oh, that was something, right. something we, we knew we could bully them. We're going to have to try and do that again. And yes, they're quick and they could get round us and we, it could be a, a, a terrible result. But, you know, at the end of the day, you only get zero points if you lose. It won't really matter um, score-wise. It, it, it'll be what it'll be. But I've got a... Um, I've got to go at least three times next week, and I've also got the day at the the Monday and the Tuesday. I'm working in Leeds as well, so I'm good on fingers crossed for something. Yeah, it could be a long the thing time. is, <laughs> the one thing I would add, the one thing I would add to to all this was actually last time we played them. Okay, we lost four one, and it was four nil at half time, won it, and we were yeah. expecting like ten goals by that point. If you actually remember the first twenty minutes, I know it sounds crazy, but we were actually pretty good. We were good in attack, and our just nearly got caught for like three goals in the first ten minutes. Um, but apart from that, Bergsorg had a, I think he had a one-on-one chance that he messed up um, at the edge of the box. And there were a couple of breakaways Sober Thomas should have done better with. They aren't the best at, against pace at the back. There is a chance there. It's just how you balance the right kind of pressing high and, and, and fast guys up top, but then being able to set back into a structured defence so you're not giving them so many easy chances as we did last time. But there is a blueprint there from the last time we played them where the players that we have had a bit of luck against them. The thing is, second half, we, we, well, I suppose we won that half, 1-0 really. We should really be celebrating that more, but <laughs> it, it was it, it was a total, it was an awful, we just closed shop. That's it. Where's trophy trophy for that? It's, it's next to Liverpool's net spend trophy. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's just that they, they weren't very good against that pace and there were moments where we, we could have probably been ahead before, before James got the first goal. We didn't, and it's a and it's a different story, of course. And that second half, it was a, we we closed up shop, and okay, we nicked it one 0 But Leeds didn't have to press, and there was no real stress on that one. But the pace against them in that first half did work, so there is something there we can we can go with, and that's why for me, if you've got Karoma, Berg, Zorg, and Thomas, that's what you chuck up the front three, and then you work the rest of it out from there. Because last time there was there was a bit of success there. Um, we won't commit defensive suicide, though, will we? And we committed absolute suicide for twenty minutes. That ain't going to happen. And if all the Centre halves are fit. For me, you go with Pearson, Balker, and Helic because they give you the perfect blend. The perfect blend, you know, the, the threat at set pieces of Helic. And with you, Andy, you know that the you know it's not often Pearson loses an individual battle against anybody over 90 minutes. And Balker's got a little bit of quality. And and I honestly, I honestly think if we press them, if we press them and nick the ball, especially with with Della and Thomas in the team, we can cause them some problems because. Like a lot of championship teams, they're very good going forward, but pretty average in defence. You could you could say that of Southampton, you can say that of Leeds, and you can say that of Ipswich. Not Leicester, possibly. They're possibly the exception. I know they let three in against Leeds, but two of them were as lucky as you like, weren't they? So you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I, we won't commit defensive suicide. You know the way that that um, 
Brian Reiter wants to play the O'Gagan press, that'll be selective. If we lose the ball, we'll get straight back into a good shape. That's what they'll be working on this week is is, is pressing at the right time and then getting back into good shape because yeah, if you do that against somebody like Leeds, then what you're saying is about frustrating, that, that'll start to happen. Start to happen because their fans are already riled up they think they're rocking up to a bottom six team and they should be we should be just rolling over and tickling the belly. Well, I'm not sure under Brighton, right? That's what's going to happen. Would you would anyone play Danny Ward? No. Would anyone start Ward after his performance or it's hard not to win it, but like I think when Ben Wiles changed the game against Chef uh, Wednesday, didn't he? And then we we re- was it that one, and we rested him. We didn't start the game after against Southampton. I mean, that's the kind of thing. I think Danny Ward deserves to start absolutely, but I don't think it's the right game for him to start. Just based on what we did last time against them, and how Pace kind of countered what what they're good at a little bit. Um, I do I do think Danny Ward is still the best nine, and I'll stick my 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 hat on that. I will. I'll stay with that. I think it fit. He's the best guy we've got as a number nine. But then your system's got to suit that as well. Jordan Rhodes is, is an option when he, when it comes to scoring goals in the championship, but the way we play just doesn't suit him. So there's, there's games for different strikers, isn't there? He's earned the, he's earned the start. He scored two goals in a game and, and won it for us. He might have kept us up with that. They might be the, the two extra, the, the two, I suppose, the three points um, that, that keep us up at the end of the season. But for me, it's just not the right kind of game. For I'm not saying it won't be a, the right point in the game to bring him on. Not at all. I'm sure they will be. Um, but I think you'll have to go with Bergsorg if 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 he's fit. And uh, to be fair though, is he? <laughs> Did he take any knocks this week? He seems to be all right and then and then not all right. Between him and Bolker, I don't know, don't know what they do. I've got absolutely no idea. I say Bolker's been what available for two out of six games. Is that what is that what it is? Two or three. Is and he's been ill twice. Was he injured this week then? I thought he was ill again was he ill again yeah. or injured? What is issue this week? A minor quad issue this week. Yeah. I get these growing pains when it comes to getting ready to to English football. It is hard, and I suppose we've got to expect it. It's just we need everybody fit, don't we, between now and the end of the season to give us the best chance of staying up. That's all. I think he's got to go five at the back, surely. He's got he's got to go five at the back after what happened with a with a thought. I think you've got to you've got to double up on these white players because they're just too dangerous. Um. Yeah, I I think you've got to play Bergsorg, haven't you? Because he just he just causes chaos and he, and his physicality and I mean he doesn't know what he's going to do, does he? So not so the opposition certainly don't, exactly. does he? So yeah. He can produce something from nothing, which is exactly what you need. What I will say, I think Matos is going to be key in this as well. If he's if he's fit, because we're going to have to press him, we're going to have to get on Rutter and somebody and and stop him creating. And that's going to be very difficult, and he's going to have to. Um, it's going to take a lot of energy, but I, I, I think Matos, he, he has impressed me. I think, I think he's going to be the key player in this, to be honest, because you're going to need that energy to, to get in the faces and just to, to not give them any time on the ball. Because as soon as you give them space and time on the ball, they're gonna, they're gonna pick out those passes. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's, I think in another world, if it wasn't a derby game, you'd be targeting more the following game, wouldn't you, against Cardiff, and you'd be saying, well. It, not write it off, but do you know where we used to do with um, with Carlos? And there were certain games where we just didn't really <sighs> Try. not take it serious. But yeah, it kind of yeah. it was kind of written off, wasn't it? Don't but he focused on the games where we knew we were gonna we were, we were have more of a chance of winning. But you can't do that in a derby game. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? 
I'll tell you, um, you know, by the way, I think is if ever there was a time for Rodoni to have a good game, it's against Leeds. One thing that I did notice in the early in the certainly through most of the first half was that when the Watford centre halves were playing it back about on Saturday, he went and stood on Livermore. He didn't man mark him, but he stood on him and he made it really difficult for Livermore to get the ball, turn and distribute, which of course that's what he wants to do. And I just wonder whether whether we might do the same on Saturday and get him to stand on Kamara and, and then try and stop that play and make him go along. Because if they go along, unless unless they drop it in behind a, um, a wing back and the as they as Watford did for their goal, as long as that doesn't happen too often, I think we'll be absolutely fine. So you're right, guys. That that's that was a distinct play that Rodoni to do that job. And then the next job is when they do go along, if our defenders head it, then it's Matos's job as a fast midfielder to pick it up there. And that worked really, really well this weekend. And I think I think that's going to be a thing going forward. It's if you've got your attacking centre midfielder in, in Rodoni who's able to kind of stop their defensive midfielder, their holding midfielder play, it changes their entire game plan. You're making them change and adjust for us. And now we've not had that for a long time. We don't, we're not a team that forces other teams to adjust, but I like that as well. And it's another reason I just think Brighton Riot is the guy. Those little tiny things that he's done already. He's been here four days and he, he said he's watched a lot of games and you, you can tell he has, I think, when you're seeing mm. things like that. Rodoni's a fast little nippy guy. He might not be able to tackle, but you don't need to tackle. You just have to be there. They either walk past him, or if they do, he, he doesn't have that time to turn, take him on, and then spray it about easily. We've we've allowed that far too often. That deep press under Darren Moore, we kind of just let their defensive midfielder dictate play far too much, and I don't think we're going to see that again. And I really do think we'll benefit because of it. Rodoni, I, I I like certain aspects of his game. He's very he's very good on the ball. He's close control. He brings people into play. He's quite good at. at winning the ball back at times but he, he can't finish a sentence his finishing is absolutely awful it's just he's fine up to that up to the box but his decision making is finished if it's if his finishing were better it'd be one it'd be to, up towards the top end of the of the championship in terms of midfielders but i just wish he'd get his finishing sorted out and his final ball and then we'd have a right player on our hands but i mean it can be worked on and he's only young and i want it i i don't like bashing young players too much because he's got a lot of developing time, but it just, it just frustrates me at times because he gets in really good positions, and yeah, and you just think just hit it, and then he kind of it's almost like he gets in these positions and then panics, and he's kind of in two minds as to what to do, and in the end, like, do I pass it? Do I shoot? Do I do I hit it in that corner? Do I pass it in? Do I smash it? And then he kind of does neither, and it and it I just. I, I really want him to come better, but he, he, he does frustrate me, Rodona. Do you think, Nick, Nick, do you think he's more, to me, the more I see him, the more I think he's more of a, a proper centre midfielder and not not that. Well, ten. I think and he's I've, better there. Well, you see, you see Wiles come on yesterday and uh, straight away, as soon as we play higher up the field, Ben Wiles looks like a different player. Yesterday, yeah. he's whacking crosses in, he, you know, he scored. He's that 10, in it. And now I kind of got both of those guys mixed up a little bit in that I thought Rodoni was that guy and Wiles was the centre midfielder. And now we've played that for so long where Rodoni's higher than, than Wiles. And when I see him switch a little bit, I, I find both of them seem to fit a little bit better. If Rodoni's playing as a centre midfielder and creating as much as he does and scoring as many as you're not you're not worried the same. And I think when Wiles is given that freedom further upfield, he's better at it than Rodoni for me. But it's got to be in the right game when the ball is up that end of the field. But I just I don't know what you guys reckon. I just think I, I, I'd be working on Rodoni being more of a centre midfielder because I don't think you can learn how to finish. I think that's kind of an instinct you have. You're either a goal scorer or you're not. You're either a guy that creates chances, like really good goal scoring chances, or you're not. 
But I think he could be a really, really good centre midfielder, a bit of a box-to-boxer, a bit like Lewis O'Brien mould kind of thing if we make him into it. And to me, that's where I see his progression. If we could kind of mould him into that kind of shape, I think we'd benefit the most from it because... To me, Ben Wiles has just got that extra little bit that helps when it comes to scoring. So I'd be looking at, which is silly, I don't know if Wiles has actually scored for us, but I just mean, it's just he seems more of a danger threat when he's up there than, than Rodoni. It's like you say, Nick, I don't know if it's because he's scared or if he's itchy or snatching at chances or whatever, but he's, he's got he's got something very special about his game, Rodoni. But I think it's more in the centre of the field than, than actually creating. He got in some great areas on Saturday. I mean, he really did. There was one chance where, in the second half, where Della held the centre-half off and just flicked it around the corner for him. And there's a great little run and move. And he went, he ghosted between two centre midfields and got to the edge of the box and then thought, shit, I'm going to have to shoot with my right foot. Tried to adjust his body, took a touch. And by the time he took the shot, he'd been closed down. There was another one in the first half where he got the ball, it dropped to him between, there was a midfielder in front of him and a midfield. And he just he just did a little Rabona and just dragged it away and left both of them standing. And he burst through one goal, but he took that long, the bloke sided him down. Now it was a, a foul and a yellow card and a free kick just outside the area. But... He just seemed to go on and on and on. He never made a decision. I think if the bloke kind of fouled him, I think he'd just carry on running at touch. He didn't look like he was ever going to make a decision. And I guess that, I guess whether that'll come with experience or whether he just hasn't got it, time will only tell, I guess. I mean, is a part of it, is he, is he just trying too hard as well? Does he think there's pressure on him to score? Because I always think when he does score a goal right, he's going to kick on here. You know, that that's the goal. He's got his goal. Bit of confidence. Now he might go on a bit of a run, and he never seems to. He never seems to do it. He gets a goal, and then it's a while before he he gets another. And it, I don't know. I I I agree. I I I would prefer to see him more central. And Wales, to me, has shown more promise further upfield. Now I think he did score quite a few for Rotherham, and it is a sort of player to me where the more time game time he gets, the better he'll get as well. We we haven't really seen the best of him yet. I think he'll come to the fore more next season, to be honest, when he's when he bedded in a bit more and he gets more regular game time. But I think he, he looks more dangerous to me further up the pitch than the Rodoni does. But I do like some aspects of Rodoni's game. And he is a, he's only young, isn't he? What is he, 2022, 20, is he? I don't know. Still young, isn't he? So oh, wow. there's, there's plenty of time yet. There's plenty of time for him to develop. Right, guys, we've waffled on from... a lot there. Sorry, Sorry mate. Go He's suffering from playing in different positions. Is, is that he never seems to be settled in the same position? So, poor lad is is trying to be out wide one game, and then he'll have to drop back a little bit more. I, I, I'm not much of a, a tactician, as, as you, you can probably tell, but it's, that seemed to be something that was prevalent last year that he was get, being asked to do lots of different jobs and probably never became good at any single one of them. I think you're right, Andy, and I think Ben Jackson's another one that suffered from that. But with a coach like Brighton writer, a guy as experienced as him that's again succeeded everywhere he's gone, I don't think you could have asked for a better coach to come in and try and he'll know what he's doing, he'll know exactly if that's a problem. And I just think, I think under Brighton writer, you'll see individuals really kind of progress because he's an experienced guy. I'm sure he'll surround himself by with experienced coaches as well. But I'm right, I think you're right, Andy. I think because he's played left wing a little bit, and then right, he's played all over mm-hmm. that. Um, he's played what four, yeah, four, four different positions, I think, for us. And I'm, I'm with you. I think I think that is a big a big thing that's hampered his his settling into to owning a role, um, and hopefully hopefully that's that that is it, and he can kind of get get his his position at number ten and and, and develop from there. But um, I don't. He, Jackson's another one, like we said. I think he's he's another one that I'm quite looking forward to seeing under Brighton right for that same reason. Mm. But um, we'll we'll see we'll see what we Brighton right signed a contract for a couple of years and 
I, I think he'll be for quite a, a lot of it, if not all of it. So we'll really have a good chance here for for people to really bed down into one system. Because how many coaches have they had since they've been here? Five in 18 months. <laughs> how many coaches have Radoni been under then since he's been here? Would it be all four or five? Guys, you probably know better than me. What will it be? It's a lot. So, yeah, it's not only yeah. different positions, it's different systems. And and he, remember, he's not a guy that's got championship experience. He was from League One and had to step up. So he's had to learn it in a, in a forever changing system and under forever changing managers. Hopefully, we've got a bit of stability here that can help Jack help help him develop and just push on because he deserves it. There's something there, but the club kind of owe him that really. And a, a few of the players there, they owe they owe them some stability to be able to develop themselves. Mm. And the thing is, he always gives his all as well, doesn't he? You know, he never he never goes missing. I don't think there's ever been a game where we thought, oh, Radoni's been he's he's not looked asked. He's always been up for it. He's always done his best. Yeah, it might not have been it, it might not have been good enough in the final third, but the blokes the blokes do giving his all and that's I guess that's as fans that's all you want to see, isn't it? Mm. We have got some good young players with potential. We've got Spencer Radone, Kasumu. I mean, even players like Pat Jones on there, Radulovic, he can if he can get hold of these players and improve them. I know you've got doubts here about Radulovic, although I think he, he, he was ill, wasn't he, so didn't see him again, so but we've got players with we've got players with potential there, and if we've got the right guy that can develop, and then that's only going to bode well for the future. What do we think then? Score predictions, guys. We'll um, we'll wrap this up. Dare I ask what 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 the predictions are going to be for this one? Who's going first? <laughs> we got it right anyway, didn't we? We we got it right against what for me and you guys. So we did. Yeah, we did. We did. I, I think. I think me me heart saying a a draw, but I've a, I think they'll probably just have a bit too much for us on the day. I think I think if Watford had scored one or or t'other of those two really good chances they had after we let the goal in and we wobbled for ten minutes, it might have been a different conversation. So I just I just can't see Leeds not not being that ruthless. I think my head saying my heart saying one all, but my head saying two 0 Leeds. I'll say 2-1, but I'm not saying which way. Just... <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll go one. I'll go one all. I think. I think, like you say, the midweek game for them will tire them out, and we'll be pressing high, and we'll be, we'll be high, we'll be ready to go. I think one all. Yeah, I think, fine. which, which will be like a moral victory. And do you know what? I hope they come out after the game, big Kev, big Kevin, Dave, going. Oh, it might have been a one-all draw, but we won. We won this one. Just a real high ground is ours. Just a real shit stir. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Then because. If they do get promoted, they can't come back at us for ages. They can come say, "Yeah, well, we got. Well, we don't care. We won that one. We had a moral one-one victory." <laughs> if they go up, they'll be straight down again. Three-two uh, town. I think. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I know that much because I, I think there's going to be there's going to be lots of chances either end. I think we're going to go. I think we're going to press high. That's going to open space for them. But I think, as you say, I don't think they caught well with pace at the back. And I think there'll be chances for us, particularly on set pieces if Sorba's playing and we've got the likes of Helic back. So I think a, a 90th Helic goal from a corner and Brighton Ryder running and sliding on his knees in front of a south stand and having a punch up with Harker at the end. Just Class humility, yeah. respect. Yeah. Give him Harker the and he slides past on his knees. Yeah. <laughs> we can all dream, can't we? It, it probably end up probably end up five nil leads, but anyway, it's the old, it's the old that kills you. So I, I'm going to go with three two. I, I do think there will be goals in this game. I don't think it'll be a low scoring game. 
I just don't. We're on the right end of it. But as ever, guys, thank you so much. Um, we've done well over an hour there, so plenty to digest. And well, thank you all for listening, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for supporting us and thanks uh, for your comments as ever. Hopefully we'll get the result we want against Leeds. It's going to be a cracking atmosphere no matter what. So, yeah, get down there and support the boys. And, uh, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll meet up after. Hopefully it's going to be celebrations rather than uh, group therapy. But we'll, uh, we'll see you all soon. Bye <laughs> right, for now, guys. Take care. Bye.